Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio.
just the epitome of class for the Yankees organization and for baseball. And I think baseball did a really nice job last night of giving this man, you know, all the props that he deserves, five-time world champion, and everything that really, you know, he has embodied as a shortstop and the captain for the New York Yankees. You know, so hats off to to uh, Derek Jeter. I do find it funny, though. Well, not really funny. I thought it was a good sales pitch that the whole uh, respect to uh, uh, campaign came out last last night. The fact that they had the the Yankees um, uh, PA announcer come out, Jared Jeter, number two, Jeter. You know, I thought that was all real neat. You know, and that they had that whole thing set up just before they announced Jeter's first at bat and a standing ovation and everything. So I think that for Derek Jeter, like I said, his coronation, if you will, a fond farewell to 20 great seasons of baseball, classy baseball, the guy left it on the field, I think that was really good. I love the fact that the game was competitive. The only thing I couldn't, I, that I couldn't stand about the All-Star game is my guy. When I looked up last night, it was after 11 o'clock. Game, game started about 18, I guess you want to say Eastern Standard Time or Eastern Daylight Time. It got to about... 8.15, Eastern Standard Time, and they were still in the seventh inning. My God, they was in the seventh inning. The game didn't get over to almost 12 o'clock. Now, you know, I'm a, I love baseball, and, and, and it's an all-star game. But my goodness, you know, I could have went outside, washed the car, had dinner, gone to the bathroom, took a shower, and actually did a couple of hours of work, came back, and that game wouldn't have been over. Baseball, listen. You know, you got to slow it down. I mean, you got you got to pick it up. I mean, a game like that, you know, you got kids and stuff that want to watch the game. You know, no, even a diehard fan, you know, and I would consider myself one of those. You're gonna fall apart after so many hours. I mean, almost a four-hour game, and then you got all the post-game stuff and everything. But that being said, again, I thought it was a very, very, very well done uh, uh, program last night. You know, we got a chance to see Miguel Cabrera, one of the best, hit a home run. Uh, Mike Trout, the MVP. Max Scherzer, last year's Cy Young, the winning pitcher. So everything we wanted to see, you know, on that end. We got a chance to see a Rawls Chapman in a 100-mile-an-hour uh, fastball. So everything that even the casual fan knows about baseball was on display last night. Now, let's talk a little bit about the All-Star Week, all right? And with the All-Star Week, you know, they, they try to show you, you know, other aspects of the game. You know, they want to show you the minor league players and, and, and the futures game, you know, which is kind of fun and neat. You know, you had the USA versus the world, but unless you looked at the logo on the sleeve, you didn't know who these kids were, and you won't know who they are. And, and chances are you won't care until, until sometime next year, you know, when you're trying to see what your team is looking like. Um, but I, I guess, you know, for – you know, the diehard or the baseball geeks, that was okay. Now, when we look at the, uh, the the home run derby, or should I say the home run marathon, we, baseball's got to do better than that. There's no way, there's no reason, <laughs> there's no reason for the home run derby to take as long as the entire baseball game, the all-star game, and that's with the commercials. I mean, I know ESPN wants to put on this elaborate thing, but folks, come on. How many of y'all out there watch this thing from start to finish? I didn't watch it from start to finish, and I call myself a DVR on it, you know. I think after the first uh, couple of commercials, I went on and did something else. I was like, you know what? In fact, I'll tell you what I did. You know, it was so long, I went out to go watch the movie Tammy, you know, the one with uh, Melissa McCartney, you know, came back, it was still on. I'm like, they haven't decided to win it yet. I mean, come on. So to me, I think that they, they, uh, they should do something else. They need to make it a more of a skills competition, if you ask me. I mean, a home run is fun, it's great, but after the 510-foot uh, home run that John Carlos Stanton hit, you know, it was, it was pretty much a done deal, really. You know, I mean, you, you start seeing folks like Todd Frazier, which if you're an American League uh, fan, you know, he's a nice, he, he, he's a nice addition for the uh, for the Reds, but still, you know, you want to see the big boppers, you know. And so I think baseball needs to kind of mix it up a little bit, okay? You don't want to uh, take your fans and just have them just so blown out of proportion and out of, out of their mind with just home runs, home runs, home runs. Let's do something else. Let's try something else. 
And so since I had four hours to try to figure out how I'm going to stay with this home run derby because I wanted to talk about it tonight, it gave me a lot of time to think of other things that baseball can do. For example, you know, you've got guys that can hit home runs, but you've also got guys that can do a lot of different things in this sport. Baseball is such a diverse sport, and we've got so many things that people can do. So I thought about this. What if a skills competition, you know, consisted of the baseball's fastest man? Can you imagine that? I mean, we've got some speed demons now that's in the league, like, 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 uh, like, like Billy Hamilton, you know, like Dee Gordon like uh, Rajay Davis, like uh, Altuve over in Houston, Escobar. I mean, these guys are leading the league in stolen bases or they're somewhere around the front of the league, right? What if you did a baseball's fastest man contest, you know, and it could be sponsored by Jimmy John's, you know, Jimmy John's freaky fast, baseball's fastest man, you know, and you can set up however you want to set up, you know. You can do 40-yard dash or you could have them going from first to third, any sort of competition like that. That would be neat. Clock these guys, see how fast they really are. You know, that would be that would be real fun. I think the fans would get into that. You know, what's your thoughts on that? I've also thought about, you know, uh, the baseball's strongest arm, you know, sponsored by Arm and Hammer. I mean, we've seen some amazing throws this year already, have we not? I mean, think about it. We've seen Yasiel Puig. We've seen uh, Jonas Cespedes. We've seen some cannons out there, guys just right from the wall, of the outfield all the way in the home plate, you know, on one hop, okay? Wouldn't you like to know who would be, you know, awarded baseball's strongest arm, you know, uh, from a position player's perspective? Wouldn't hurt these guys. They wouldn't get injured. But it would just be a little bit something, a little bit more to take the edge off all the big boppers trying to hit the home run, you know? Something to think about. Again, I had a lot of time because, again, it was almost four hours watching guys trying to hit the ball out the park. And then what about this? What if they set up a, you know, a, a pitching machine at, 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 at the pitcher's mound, okay? Set it up at 95 miles an hour, okay? Take hitters, okay? Not just home run hitters, but guys that lead the league probably on average, okay? Have a fastball hitting contest. Start out at 95 miles an hour. The guys get some sort of hit, they move on to the next round. Next round, you wrap up the machine at 98 miles an hour. Next round, you wrap it up some more until guys can't hit it, and then they eliminate themselves. I mean, we could see who could truly hit a 100-mile-per-hour fastball. That would be kind of fun, too. It's almost like a takeoff of a weightlifting contest, if you will, where you keep on lifting weights going up and up and up. Just some ideas, Major League Baseball. Kind of, you know, lighten up a little bit and, and give folks something else to look at, you know, outside of the home run derby. You're better than that. Just Sport has uh, evolved better than that. You know, you got some nice young talent out there, and it would be nice to see them do something else. And from a fan perspective, you know, I think that would be neat. So that's my whole, that's my take on the on the on the All Star Game. And now we're gonna talk about a little bit about the first half. There's been a lot that's been going on again since we've had an opportunity to sit down and talk some baseball. So you know, you know, we go back now to to spring training. We go back now to the first half of the season. We have some first-half impressions here for you. And let's think about it, okay? First of all, let's, let's go back to, you know, hot stove, okay? We've got all kind of new faces in new places. We've got all kind of new rule changes we're going to talk about. We've got all this protective gears they want to get to the pitchers, okay? Which, if I'm a pitcher, you know, if, if the prototype that they have out right now for that hat and I don't know if you've all seen it, but there's a picture for the San Diego Padres right now that wears this protective hat, okay, that's supposed to have, like, this shell in it, and then he's got the hat on. I swear to you, he looks like one of the Mario brothers, okay, with this thing on. Like, he's about to flip pizzas versus throwing a change-up. I wouldn't wear it personally, but then again, maybe my head is big enough that I wouldn't need it. But for some of those pictures out there, you know, they're going to have to clean up that design a little bit. I mean, I, I wonder what that would really look like on a baseball card or something. Can you imagine that? You know, you 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 could be the Cy Young Award winner, but you sit up there looking like Super Mario. I don't think that's a good look. But let's go back now again to the names and the and faces uh, uh, that that's changed up since the since the season has started. Okay, we had all this this flurry of free agency. You know, where in the world was Jacoby Ellsbury going to go? Where in 
in the world was Sin Chu Chu going to go? You know, this man had the lead in the league in on-base percentage for all these cybermetricians out there. You know, he was going to go somewhere. He was going to make a difference, okay? Then we had a couple of blockbusters trades, one that really, you know, stirred the pot around here in, in the Midwest where we had Prince Fielder here at the Detroit Tigers. He traded to the Texas Rangers for Ian Kinsler. Okay, and we'll talk about that a little bit more, that, that, that trade, but that was big, okay? We also had the Texas Rangers going and getting the prize of the, of, of the uh, free agency, Sin Chu Chu. Okay, Sin Chu Chu. Okay, say that three times fast, right? So you have him out there with the Texas Rangers. Oh, my gosh. And then you had Hugh Darvish, and he's your Texas Rangers now, the 2014 version. This, and, and they're supposed to just lead the league in run scoring. They're going to lead the league, you know, and just run away with the West because they have now bolstered themselves up to be what they're supposed to be. All right? You have Ubaldo Jimenez, who stayed out in the free agency market forever, okay, going finally to the Baltimore Orioles. You had Jacoby Ellsbury, another $100,000 player, okay, go to the New York Yankees, the Haiti Yankees from the world champion Boston Red Sox. And, of course, and, of course, we had Robinson Cano. Robinson Cano, don't you know, you know, who, who they had already had predestined to be the next Yankee captain, Robinson Cano. Uh, no. $200 million, and he's out in Seattle with King Felix, okay? So we've got some teams that look a little bit different. Those are the ones that we talked about all winter long. Where were these players going to go? How were they going to uh, uh, change the teams that they were going to go to? How was, this, how was that fabric going to look going into a new season? And also, as we, that's just the players. We also look at the managers, okay? We look at... Uh, the Cincinnati Reds were the new managers. We all remember uh, Dusty Baker decided to part ways with the Cincinnati Reds. We look at the uh, Detroit Tigers, if you will, with Brad Ausmus, <clears throat> with a, 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 a manager with no managerial experience at all, taking over a team that has just won the Central Division three years in a row. Okay, we look at uh, Matt Williams over in uh, Washington, and Matt Williams is taking over for a legend. Okay, and Davey Johnson, and he's got this young Nationals team, and now are they poised to win? All of these guys now, all these different changes, what was the league going to look like? You know, what were these teams going to look like? You know, what was, what was the expectations here? Those, and that's how the season started. We move on, and we got rule changes. I mean, baseball is looking all the way different now. Okay, we got a couple of rule changes. For the first time, on a more of an extended level, Baseball goes with pause, instant replay, instant replay. Let that soak in a little bit for your baseball fan. Instant replay. All right? Okay, I'm old school. I'm used to a play being blown. I'm used to the, to the manager coming out there raising holy hell, kicking dirt all over the place pulling the base out the moorings, throwing it out of the outfield somewhere. The fans standing up, clapping, and they just, they just love this. The team getting fired up. And now, and now, he has a play call. Manager comes out, got his hand in his pockets, rolls over to the umpire, probably ask him how's he doing, how's his day doing, how's his wife. Good. Why don't you uh, go on and replay that for me? I, I think he might have blown that. Umpire said, well, okay, we'll, we'll take a look. So he goes to take a look. Goes into the calls in New York. Did I blow that call? Yeah, you blew that call. Oh, okay, well, you're right. I blew that call. And then they're going to change the call. Or he didn't blow the call. He's safe. Manager goes back, sit down, crosses his legs, and continues his business. That's boring, people. That's boring. Now, listen, I understand. Baseball needs to come into the next millennium. That's what everybody says. Baseball needs to do things like everybody else does. But there's some things that we need to, if, as a baseball fan, to me, in my opinion, my humble opinion, baseball needs to do some things that, you know, kind of give you a little bit of the fan experience, give you a little bit more of the fan experience. Now, I don't necessarily oppose to instant replay, but I think that there, there, there are some drawbacks to it. There are some drawbacks to it. 
the game now has gotten a little bit more antiseptic to me, if you will. I kind of like the emotion of a manager when, when he had to go out and try to fire up his troops because of a bad call or something like that, all right? Now, it, it, it kind of kept the manager in the game. It kind of kept the umpires on their toes, and the fans were very much involved. Now, I know some of you are going to say that no game should ever be decided by the call of an official. But if you watch any of the NBA out there, that happens all the time. If you watch any of the NFL, that happens all the time, even with replay. Okay, and in NHL, we won't even talk about that. But what I'm talking about is there are a lot of bang-bang plays in baseball, and I know baseball wants to get it right. But let me offer baseball a suggestion, okay? Offer baseball just a little bit of suggestion. Baseball is a 162-game marathon, okay? And I just feel like there's some of these plays absolutely positively, whatever you got in place right now, should all be reviewed once you get to playoff time. Nobody should win a championship over the call of an official. I fully believe that. But relax it a little bit during the regular season. Allow the, allow the manager to get a little loud with the umpire. I think that helps the umpires stay on their toes, too. I think the umpires can have a tendency to get a little lazy because if I blow the call, it doesn't matter because they're going to replay it anyway. And I think if you watch a little bit of these games a little bit, you're asking yourself, what's wrong with the umpire? How could he have possibly missed that? You know? And I think you still want, because baseball, I've often thought, did a real good job with their officiating crew. They sent them down to the the minor leagues and everything, and they train these guys just like they do the players. And then when they're good enough to make it to the show, they bring them up. So if you're going to do that, don't destroy that, don't destroy that, that standard. But still do something that makes a lot of sense, like, okay, give them an opportunity to, to hone on their craft. Don't just have them rely on instant replay. And then in essence, and then the second piece of that is the, the fans still get a little bit of fun out there. I, I do. I, I like personalities out of the managers. I think it gives teams personalities. You know, I, I, Lloyd McClendon lost his mind the first part of the season just because he had to. Okay? It was real funny because a call went against him that he replayed. He raised hell anyway. Okay, they said if you if you dispute a call after it's been replayed, you get thrown out the game. So, but guess what? He did it anyway. But that's a stretch. That's a stretch for a manager, and he knows it's a stretch. All right. I think that for the regular season, some of these rules, some of these instant replay rules, can be relaxed. And then go full board in the playoffs. Again, don't let any call you because know, you're not gonna throw anybody out of a game in the playoffs anyway, right? You've never seen it unless it's just something really hands with everybody's playing for a common goal. So you're not going to throw anybody out in the playoffs. Go strong there with your instant replay. Relax it through the regular season. Make a fan experience a little bit still. Keep your personalities to the managers. That's, give a little bit of old school. Let's not just go so hard one way, so hard the other. Because that's my opinion on instant replay. The other rule they've come out with this year is uh, the collisions at home play. Now, right now, they say that they – and this whole, came, this whole thing came out because MVP uh, of, of 2012, Buster Posey with the San Francisco Giants, got collided into, injured himself, was out for the season. So now Major League Baseball and the Rules Committee came up with, okay, at home plate, we're going to eliminate completely the, the collisions, okay, the head-on collisions. And what we're going to do is – the runner either has to slide. It sounds like, you know, uh, uh, adult softball. I'm sorry, recreational softball. But I'm just saying they have to slide, and, you know, if, if, the, if the catcher has the ball, then he can block the plate. If he doesn't have the ball, he can't block the plate. But the runner has to slide or try to avoid the catcher. Now, that's the rule. I've been watching it, okay? It's the wussification of baseball, and let me tell you why. Now, Let's say you are um, a multi-million dollar quarterback that plays in the NFL, okay? Uh, you take the snap from center. You drop back. You're looking downfield. There is a 300-pound lineman coming at you, and your left tackle totally olays the block. Here he comes. You don't see him. Here he comes. You don't see him. Next thing you know, Bam! Okay, you're looking through your ear hole. You've got snot all over your face. You don't even know what day it is. 
Somebody asked you who you are, you said Batman. It didn't work, but you're not coming out the game. You go back to the huddle, you cuss out your left tackle, you call the next play, and you continue on. Now, what point am I trying to make? I'm going to tell you. All right? The quarterback has on a helmet. The quarterback has on shoulder pads. He has on knee pads. He has on a flak jacket. He has on equipment. Okay? And he gets slobber-knocked by a 300-pound lineman. Okay? Folks, who is the only player on a Major League Baseball diamond with equipment on. Why in the hell is baseball protecting him? If you are a runner coming from third base and and your helmet fell off between second and third and you decide to drop your shoulder on this catcher, who is the fool? Who needs to be protected? I don't get this rule at all. I don't get it. I don't get it. It makes no sense to me. To me, it was a fire to sport. I look forward to that. Okay? It's what makes Major League Baseball what it is. You know it's going to be a play at the plate. Okay? But because you had a multi-million dollar MVP corporation go down for the season, we're going to soften it up a little bit. I don't like that rule. I don't like that rule at all. I think it will suffice the sport. That's the one play that you could you could count on that's going to be physical in baseball. I guess the next thing they're going to do is tell the outfielders, don't run into the wall. You might hurt yourself. Or what about this? We just take the wall away, and you and you get all you can get, okay, just like you do in rec softball. This is the major leagues. It's part of it. This is what makes it different, Okay. I do understand protecting the players, but let's not lose our minds here. You're not protecting the catcher. The catcher's protected. He's been protected for as long as they've been playing this sport, okay? But because he – get your catchers together. This is how you drop your shoulder when you get the rock and you throw that runner up in the third row. This is killing me with this one. This one I don't like, you know. Be interested to, to hear your thoughts on it at some point. But that one, I think they should just – go away from, or just look at it, modify it, or just keep it the way it is, you know. Um, another thing I want to talk about as far as first half impressions is injuries. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. What is with all the injuries in baseball? And I'm talking about heinous, I'm talking about hard in, out for the season injuries. I mean, what is really going on with these players? Let me just give you an all-star team of players who's pretty much out for the season. First of all, you had your 2013 Rookie of the Year, Jose Fernandez. He went out with Tommy John surgery, okay? You had Detroit's shortstop uh, and Rookie of the Year candidate, American League Rookie of the Year candidate, Jose Iglesias. He's out for the season, okay? You have Texas Rangers first baseman, Prince Fielder. He's out for the season, and it must devastate him so bad that he had to take his clothes off for ESPN the magazine, which they should be sued because I don't need to see, you know, beast whales on my sports page, but I digress. I digress. And you got Brandon Phillip, that dude. He's out with a thumb injury, and Yadi Merlina out with a thumb injury. CC Sebastian, you know, the talk of the offseason, um, the Japanese dynamo, Mashiro Tanaka, the pitcher for the Yankees, he's out. And, of course, we know about Matt Harvey. Those are the names that you know. Those are the names that you know out for the year, out for the year. What is going on with baseball, okay? What is going on that these guys now are getting hurt? And, I mean, they're getting devastating injuries. Let me give you my take. Let me tell you what I think, just food for thought, just for a moment. See, there is a big scare with Major League Baseball players, okay, where with the whole PED uh, out there mandate, they're, they're not gonna they're not gonna let guys off the hook. Okay, if you got anything in your system that Major League Baseball is deemed to be illegal or wrong, you're out. 
And now they've made those rules so tough and so strenuous that you're out for nearly a season with your first offense. Okay? So what does that, so what does that do to your major league players? Well, here, here's my take on it. And I kind of want to take this to you or me or anybody. Or what do you do when you get up in the morning? You know, some of you who, who really want to look out for your health. You might get up. You might have you a glass of orange juice in the morning. You might take your vitamins, and your vitamins may consist of a one a day, or, and I'm not promoting anybody, I'm just saying, or vitamin C or B12. I'm not a chemist, so I'm just saying. These are things that folks do, ginseng or whatever, ginkgo below us, so I can remember to put my pants on in the morning, whatever, okay? This is what folks do, you know, and to get themselves together. You know, then they'll do their exercises and everything, whatever, and then they'll go on about their day. But in the major league world, they are afraid, in my opinion, to take some of anything. Now, it's a 162-game season, and that doesn't even include spring training and off-season workouts, okay? I feel like these guys have pretty much said, you're not going to see nothing in my urine, okay? I don't care if it's vitamins, okay, to, that, that, that could potentially get me taken off this field for any given time. Okay, I do believe a couple of guys probably got popped because they took something that they didn't know the ingredients of something else. Okay, and baseball is different than the rest of the sports, okay, in, in, in that it's expected for NFL players to hit the weight all year long, and there's some, certain supplements in, in, in the NFL that's not banned, that are banned in baseball, okay, that kind of help those guys to recover. And if you can't take nothing, and you guys out there that lift weights or ladies lift weights, or do anything, you do take a little something for recovery or for pain or for anything, okay? And I'm just saying, baseball players, I think, is kind of really trying to keep themselves clean. I say that because you're seeing injuries right now that's happening early in the year that just shows me that these guys ain't got themselves ready. And not so much about the injuries that we've discussed, but also with some of the performances that you've seen. You've seen some high-end players really struggle out the box. And you start to hear things like the dead arm with pitchers and all these sort of things. The guys aren't fully recovering even after half a season. Now, these are supposed to be high-grade high athletes, first-class athletes. What is going on? Okay, you're talking about some guys that didn't run into a wall. You know, uh, the, the, the injury to Brandon Phillips, the injury to Yadi Bellina, that was more or less a, a, a performance injury. But some of these other guys, you know, I was, I was running out to first base and I tweaked my hamstring. What kind of stuff is that? You know, if Mike was here, you know, it would be interesting. Matt Latos, the pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, okay, came up lame and all he did was step off the mound. And now his knee is injured. He couldn't pitch no more. If any of you watched the All-Star game last night, there's uh, a Rawls Chapman running down to first base. He pulls up Gimpy. He said he'll be fine, but you're seeing it too much. There's a pattern here. There's a pattern here. I think they've gone from one extreme to another, okay, that, that they went from I'm going to take a little something and try to enhance myself, buff myself up, get through the season, get good numbers, so I'm not doing nothing, okay? And, you, and, and I think they're not doing anything. They're trying to do some of that old school stuff, trying to get themselves ready in spring training when you really can't do that. We really can't do that, okay? And and I think that that's what I that's what I'm seeing. That's what I, I'm just seeing. Just way too many injuries. It's a rash injuries. Now the whole Tommy John phenom uh, phenomenon. That's a completely different animal. That's a completely different animal. And to tell you the truth, that's a completely different show, okay? Because that really goes on wear and tear of your of your elbow and the and the ligament in your elbow, which is pretty much equivalent to what the ligament would be in your knee. But, again, you know, that's a whole different show. We ain't got time. We ain't got but 25 minutes, and I still got a lot of stuff to tell you all about just for tonight. Told you. That's what happens when you ain't talk for half a baseball season. But, anyway, those injuries to me I think really, really are uh, impacting the game because you've got some players that you're counting on that in the past would be there, and now they're not. So, you know, that's something to keep an eye on, you know, and just really, really see how that, that really, you know, impacts the season going on. So now that we're talking about the season, let's talk about the first half. Let's talk about the actual play on the field. 
You know, what are some of the biggest surprises, some of the biggest disappointments of the first half of the season? You know, what teams have really impressed? What players have really impressed? What players or what teams have really kind of fell off? You know, I'm going to start with some of the biggest surprises in the in in the uh, first half, and I'm going to go with the teams. In the, in, in the American League, I think the, the team with the biggest surprise in the American League has got to be the Baltimore Orioles. And I say the Baltimore Orioles because they just kind of quietly did enough, you know, to, to finish the first half, you know, in first place. I mean, they, they, they waited, they waited, they waited, they waited, they waited. Then they got a diamond in the rough with Nelson Cruz. Now they got Nelson Cruz and Chris Davis in the middle of that lineup. Okay, now that's funky. Okay, they went and got Ubaldo Jimenez, and, and Ubaldo Jimenez is about as predictable as Michigan weather. You really don't know what you're going to get. But when he's on like he was last year late in the season, um, he can be a, a, a pretty uh, impactful pitcher. Okay, they still got a nice young uh, pitching staff. You got um, Manny Machado over there. They've got a very nice young team, um, and they've been a surprise because they weren't the talk of the offseason. They weren't the talk of the offseason. The talk of the offseason was the moves the New York Yankees made. The talk of the offseason was could the Boston Red Sox uh, repeat? Was Boston Red Sox ready to make another run? The talk of the season was what were the Toronto Blue Jays going to be? How were they going to respond this year? Okay, and also the Tampa Bay Rays, did they do enough? Were they going to trade David Price? Baltimore kind of got lost in the mix, and yet when you look up, that's who's in first place in the American League East. So they have to be a team um, of, of surprise in that first half. Look, look very good, and they're going to push down the stretch, very much so down the stretch. I think when you look at the American League and you look at the player that was the most surprised, you've got to look at Jose Altuve. Oh, yeah, I said Jose Altuve with the Houston Astros. Okay, dude, does anybody realize that as pitiful, and I said pitiful, as the Astros are, this young man leads the league in hits. He leads the league in hits. In fact, he's had his historic pace, all right, and he's right up there with um, stolen bases. Very, very, very exciting player. You wonder if Houston will be able to keep him, you know, uh, because, again, you look at the Houston Astros, this is a team that will more than likely uh, lose 100 games again, and yet you've got a player of uh, an all-star player of that quality um, on your team. And by the time they get good, they're going to have to lock him up. And, you know, he may not want to be bothered with another 100-loss season. And I know teams are going to be out there looking for him. They're going to be looking for uh, a second baseman or just a, a – front end part of your lineup, leadoff hitter that can get on base. And, you know, he, he's had an amazing year. And, a, and, and, and just quiet only because he is in Houston, only because he is in Houston, because if he was anywhere else, that's all anybody would be talking about. But, yeah, Jose Altuve, very much a surprise. Good player last year, but really stepping up his game this year. And that's not to take nothing away from some other players. Any American League has really had a nice first half season. First half of the season has done some good jobs, but he's really taken taken off this year. In the American League, the biggest disappointment, uh, team wise. I mean, what can you say about the Texas Rangers? I mean, the Texas Rangers right now, if it wasn't for the Houston Astros, would be in last place. Texas Rangers have had an abysmal first half. True, they've had some injuries to their pitching staff. Uh, it's been you, uh, Darvish, and the cast of characters. But really, they had guys that just have not produced the way they wanted to produce. They haven't do, done a good job of protecting uh, Adrian Beltre. Sin Chuchu, uh, I don't know if he's shown, if he's worth the money, but uh, I think that the attrition that's happened with the Texas Rangers has just made them a middle-of-the-road team. Um, uh, the loss of Prince Fielder, um, for the season, and, and 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 I know they weren't expecting that, but if you from around here in the Detroit area, we could have told you good riddance. We saw what he was all about, and he didn't really start off uh, with a great start even before the season got, even before he got injured. I mean, he wasn't like he was putting light in the place on fire in the first place. It's players like that that's worth all that kind of money. You want to just say to yourself, I just hope and I just pray I didn't blow my wad on this on this guy, and he does not produce. That's what I see 
with with Prince and with the Texas Rangers, and it's just been a disappointing uh, season. And, and I believe it's going to be some shakeups at the end of this year. I mean, Texans have really much underachieved the last three seasons. Um, I like Ron Washington, but it's going to be real difficult, in my opinion, for him to really survive this year, especially now with the uh, emergence of the Angels playing where they're supposed to play. Oakland lighting it up, and now all of a sudden, oh, by the way, here come the Seattle Mariners. So that's going to make it real hard for Texas and, and for Ron Washington to say, okay, what can I got next year that's going to really uh, keep me and keep me here and, and try to run this again? So that's, that's, that's the disappointment of team in the American League. The player that I would say is the most disappointing, and I got to come to my home team, and I got to tell you, it's got to be Justin Verlander. Okay? It's got to be Justin Verlander. Um, because to, to me, Justin, you know, for him being a MVP type of player, a player who was supposed to be an impact player uh, with, uh, with the Detroit Tigers, he has had um, a very, 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 very rough road. ERA up around five, and he just hasn't put it together this season. I know around here we say stuff that well, he'll get it together in the second half, he'll get it together in the second half. We haven't seen it. He's coming off a core surgery. So, you know, he, just just for what he everything he is and for everything he tries to be and the uh, celebrity that he is, uh, it's just been just a, a rough, rough, rough <laughs> season for for, uh, for Justin Verlander. You're listening to the R to RSG Inside the Park with Hank, brought to you by Fredericks County. Um, we're going to we're going to keep this going. Uh, I got a lot to talk to you guys about. Uh, it's it's again we've we've had such a long 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 drought of just really really um, just talking baseball and just having a a good good conversation. Again, I want to throw another shout out to Mike and RJ again. I hope you guys are listening. I hope that you guys are you know have an opportunity to come on, call in, and we do this a little bit more. I look forward to you. You know so. I want winners. You guys are winners. So <laughs> so we're going to keep it going. You know, uh, right now, though, we're going to go ahead and do the dog of the week because when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, the National League and some of the uh, surprises and disappointments in the National League. But we're going to do the dog of the week right now, then we're going to get right into that. Now we're going to get into our Resistance Digital Dog of the Week. Resistance Digital Solutions. Are you tired of running to the boys in blue? Are you done with listening to sales staff trying to update technology that you don't need? We've all been there. So what did the real sports guys do? We contacted Resistance Digital Solutions for all our technology needs. They are not there to meet sales quotas or make profit margins. They simply just want to sell you what you need at a fair price. From iPads to PCs to flat screens, TVs, or intricate home theater systems, they customize every solution based on your needs. Check out their website at www.resistancedigital.com or email them at sales at resistancedigital.com for your custom technology solutions today. All right. Uh, I would be remiss if my dog of the week was not Derek Jeter. Again, you know, you heard me just wax poetic on him early in the show. But just, you know, he is the epitome of what baseball wants itself to be. He's a classy player on and off the field. Not a whole lot, not any controversy in the 20 years that he's been the captain uh, with, the, with the Yankees. Five, uh, five World Series champions, you know, presents himself well, uh, presents the Yankees well, presents baseball well. Just, just, just class all the way around. So for that, you know, Derek Jeter, uh, first show back inside the park. You are the dog of the week. Okay, so we're going to keep it rolling. We're going to talk about another National League, and the surprise team in the National League to me is the Milwaukee Brewers. 
When you look at the Milwaukee Brewers, again, this is another team like the Baltimore Orioles in the American League that just kind of uh, fell off the radar. They were just uh, another team, if you will, that was just supposed to fill in in the Central. You know, you had the St. Louis Cardinals, the Cincinnati Reds, the Pittsburgh Pirates, all that were going to contend, and then you had the also-rans, okay, and Milwaukee with their also-ran. Well, they busted out, and for a long time in the first half, they had the best record in baseball. Now, they've got some nice talent on there. they got, you know, they, they got old crazy Carlos Gomez. They got Segura over there. You know, they've got, they, they've got a fun team to watch. They've really got a fun young team to watch. Um, and, you know, they, they're going to they're gonna make some noise. I don't know if they have enough as far as pitching to really, you know, contend when it really starts to get tight. And I say that because you look at how they finished the first half, you know, uh, St. Louis was able to come all the way back. Pittsburgh is back in the race. Cincinnati is back in the race. And they seen the kind of the wheels kind of came off there down the stretch. Uh, but for most of the first half, they were the talk, you know. And the fact that they didn't go away right away, I think that, you know, that, that surprised a lot of uh, fans in Wisconsin, a lot of baseball fans. And it's going to make for an exciting second half. I think the player we look at in the National League uh, that is uh, a surprise, you got to go out, out west, okay, and you got to look at Tim, Tim Lincecum. Now, Tim Lincecum, okay, he was, he was marked for dead for a long, long, long time, okay? He, Cy Young Award winner, then he kind of fell off, and they put him in the bullpen. And then last year, he kind of had a resurgence by throwing a no-hitter, okay? And, you know, everybody, but, he, but it took him 146 pitches, and he didn't recover right away. So everybody said, well, maybe that was just an anomaly. Lo and behold, here he comes again this year, throws another low no-hitter, and has actually been pitching quite well for the San Francisco Giants. This, you know, this is the rise of the Phoenix here with Tim Lincecum. Okay, and if, they, if he becomes even a fraction of the pitcher that he was during his Cy Young years, now he's throwing no hitters now, you know, with, with, with Madison Bumgarner on there and, and Kane, they've got, they've got a very, very solid pitching staff down the stretch. They're going to press and they're going to push the Dodgers. That's going to be a fun race down the road as we get into the second half of the season. Tim Lincecum, my player, surprise player, of the first half, uh, for my for the nationally disappointing team last uh, uh, this year in the first half, you got you cannot look so far as the Arizona Diamondbacks. Diamondbacks made some moves to get Mark Trumbo. They already uh, had some players over there that uh, you know Wade Miley, who was a, uh, a rookie of the year candidate. You got you got uh, Paul Goldschmidt. This team was supposed to make a push. They were supposed to make a push for a playoff spot in the National League. Okay, now all of a sudden, the only playoff, the only spot they're pushing for is maybe the first-round pick. They're in last place in the West, and that means they are behind the San Diego Padres who couldn't score in a whole house. Pardon my French. But they can. But they are behind the San Diego Padres. Okay, it's sad what's going on with the, with the Arizona Diamondbacks. I don't believe Kirk Gibson will be able to, to uh, survive this season because they did spend some money to get some people over there to try to at least make a, a playoff push only to finish up in last place. Not a good place to be if you are a Diamondbacks fan, okay? Uh, National League player uh, disappointment, and it's got and for me it's Bryce Harper, and it's because of everything that Bryce Harper is, and so far this year he isn't. You know, started off this year – you know, having some uh, disappointments with his new manager uh, who, who basically called him out for dogging it. He can't stay on the field. Now, i got, I got to give it to the kid. He tries to go all out, but it keeps him off the field. Then he also made some comments about where he should play. And just, you know, just very, in my opinion, you know, very immature behavior for a very fine player. Keep your mouth shut and go on and play ball. But the fact that, you know, he wasn't seen uh, yesterday, you know, and that uh, he's had a pretty subpar, in my opinion, um, first half. You know, you'd expect more from Bryce Harper. You, you you know that the Nationals are going to make a push 
to try to win the East in the National League. Uh, and he's got to be one of the catalysts on that team. You know, Jason Worth is kind of uh, taking up the slack, but he's got to come and bring it himself. But that would be my disappointment of the second half, uh, or first half, if you will, for a National League player. So now we're going to talk about, in the, in the next little few times, little time we got, I'm going to talk a little bit if I can and get through it. And if we don't, we'll, get, we'll talk about it again next week. But I want to talk about second-half predictions. You know, this is what you got to do during the All-Star break. You know, we got teams that's doing this. We got teams that's doing that. So what do we think is going to uh, really, how's the second half going to pan out? So what do I think is going to happen? I'm just going to basically give you what I think is going to be the teams that, how they finish. I'm not going to talk about how I think the playoffs are going to go, at least not this week. But I do want to talk about, you know, who I think are going to, who I think is going to finish up, how it's going to play out, and who your playoff teams are going to be. We'll start in the National League this time. And I'll look at the National League East. And I think it's going to be a two-horse race for the most part between Washington and Atlanta. I really don't think anybody else is going to make a push in that league, in that division. I think that the Mets aren't ready. Or, or Philadelphia is going to probably be selling off pieces, you know. And, and, and Miami, you know, they, 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 they've got some nice young talent, but they're still a ways away. So I'm looking at Washington and Atlanta making that push. But I believe this year with uh, – uh, as painful as it is for me to say this, the fact that Washington went and, and uh, got Doug Fister uh, in the off season for a bag of nickels, I think that that's going to help them, you know, actually win the win the, win the National League East. And I believe that uh, coming in second is going to be the Atlanta Braves. In the Central, as well as uh, Milwaukee has been playing, I think they're going to be overtaken by the St. Louis Cardinals. St. Louis's pitching staff is just way too good. I think when Yachty comes back later in the season, they've just got enough. They've got the experience. They've, they've been there before. They went to the World Series last year. I'd be real surprised if the St. Louis Cardinals didn't just come all the way back and win the uh, National League Central. In the West, I'm looking at the Dodgers. Now, if Mike and RJ were here, they would give me a hard time about all my, all my man love for the L.A. Dodgers. But let's face it, it is what it is. Okay, the Dodgers is probably one of the most talented teams in Major League Baseball right now. Okay, they've got two of the most dynamic pitchers in the game in Zach Grinke and in Clayton Kershaw. All right, so while we, we talk about the Giants, the Giants tried to run away and hide with the uh, National League West early in the season, but they could not sustain that level of play. And then here come the Dodgers. And we all remember what the Dodgers did last year. You know, when they went on their, their crazy, stupid run, that just basically had them run away with the West. Well, that run really hasn't happened as of yet. I expect it to. Uh, I expect the Dodgers to make a couple of moves because they don't have a legitimate center fielder, but they've got a bunch of outfielders. I expect them to make some more moves, to, to move some players, maybe to get some more bullpen help. Um, but, I, but just given what they have right now, I believe it's enough to take out the and, and win the, the National League West which leads the wild-card teams for the National League. And in the wild-card, I'm looking at the Atlanta Braves and the San Francisco Giants. I don't expect either one of those teams to go anywhere, but then again, I don't expect them to be pushed by anyone either. I know some of you are saying, but you're talking about how much you like the Milwaukee Brewers. I do like the Milwaukee Brewers, but I don't think the Milwaukee Brewers have enough in, as far as pitching to, to sustain the, the amount of play they've staying for the rest of the season. I think that the injuries to the Cincinnati Reds are going to eventually catch up with them. And I don't believe that the Pittsburgh Pirates did enough to really put themselves in the position they were in last year. They got, and, and, again, they've got some very nice pieces too. But they took a hit with their pitching staff. They didn't do anything to really try to bolster that. And it's going to cost them down the stretch. You know, so I think that when we start talking about what it's what it going to take to win down the stretch in the National League, it's going to take pitching. And I don't think anyone has any better pitching than the St. Louis Cardinals or the Washington Nationals as far as complete pitching staffs, where I think the Dodgers have probably two of the best pitchers in the major leagues. So that's, that's my predictions for who's going to win the, uh, the, the, the divisions and the wild card teams. My Cy Young for the National League, I believe, is going to be, again, Clayton Kershaw until somebody can show me different. 
I think that Kershaw down the stretch is just a beast. He's thrown a no-hitter already this year. After coming off an injury, the man is just out of this world crazy. So I can, until, until somebody else, you know, really makes that push. And I know Adam Wainwright, don't get me wrong, Adam Wainwright had a nice first half, had a very nice first half. But, you know, I, I, I would have to take Kershaw over Wainwright even to this point. Rookie of the year, this was hard for the National League because you've got some young talent over there, but nobody's really set themselves apart. But I have to. But I'm going to go with right now who I think is one of the most exciting players, rookies in the National League, and that's Billy Hamilton. Billy Hamilton. If you haven't watched Billy Hamilton play, he he he's a human highlight reel, if you will. You know, speed all over the place. Not a whole lot of power, but he is just a dynamo on the base path. Now I know someone out there will say a Gregory Polanco and the power numbers will probably and will overtake what Billy Hamilton will ever have. But just what Billy Hamilton means to the um, leadoff position or the front part of that Cincinnati lineup, you know, is going to be something to see for years to come. It's bringing uh, stolen bases back to uh, uh, Major League Baseball. So I think we, I think when you look at what you have for National League as far as uh, the rookies, I'm looking at Billy Hamilton as your rookie of the year. MVP, I'm predicting right now, um, Andrew McCutcheon just again. Uh, I think there's other players that's having better seasons than Andrew McCutcheon. I think that when you look at uh, Troy Tulowitzki, I think he's having an amazing season this year. When you look at uh, Goldschmidt, he's having a good year. But look at those teams and look at where those teams are. I think that Pittsburgh is going to be playing great baseball in the second half. I don't think it's going to be enough to get them into the playoffs. But I think that when you look at that team versus the other teams and the other players, um, you you, uh, you 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 see that you know uh, McCutcheon is going to be there. Manager of the year, I think you have to look at Ron Renicky with Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Renicky uh, and the Brewers are going is going to, again. It's going to be fun all season for the Milwaukee team. It's just not going to be enough down the stretch, especially in the division they're in and the teams they have to play with. And the big story I think is going to come out the National League this year is Kirk Gibson is going to lose his job. I think the fact that uh, the, the Diamondbacks was just abysmal this year um, is going to make sure that uh, that he doesn't keep his job this year. So that's what I think is going to happen in the National League. We're, we're running out of time, so, you know, we, we're, we're going into the bottom of the ninth. So what I want to be able to do right now is kind of tease the show for next week again. You know, I appreciate and I thank everybody for tuning in tonight. It's been a lot of fun. Um, to next week's show, we're going to talk a little bit about the American League and, and what my predictions are for that. We're going to also talk a little bit about the first, the first week back. What did we see? You know, um, what teams made what moves? You know, we're coming up on the trade deadline. You know, who do we think, what, what players out there are, are, and where should they go? What, what, what would they look good at? What new uniform would, would, would look good on them? You know, those are a few things that we're going to, we're going to talk about next week. Uh, and again, you know, it, 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 baseball is back on the on the RSG with the RSG family. You know, I'm hoping I have a few surprises with some calls next week. You know, but uh, if, if not, we got plenty of time to talk a lot of baseball. So you know, that's the show for tonight. So I hope you all enjoy it. Drive home safe. Good night. Drive home safe. And that's the ball game, folks.
You there? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.